Hello and welcome to episode 41 of the Misanthropod. I'm Snipe and as always I'm joined by Wib. Say hello. Hello. And I'm also joined by Drummer Matt. Say hello. Hello. So how have you lovely gentlemen been? Ah, I'm I'm okay. I'm surviving. Oh good. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 very good. Thank you. How are you? I'm I'm all right, thank you. I'm trying to beat the cold because it's like November here now and that's killing me and everything i care about it is it is quite cold here at the moment yeah mm-hmm. yeah it, it's it's also cold here too so i can't be smug this time <laughs> <laughs> it just means that next time it's warmer there you're going to be extra smug to make up for it so the other morning when ruth was leaving the house to go to work it was minus one which oh, is off. pretty chilly for here That's actually pretty yeah. chilly yeah i was assuming when you said it was getting cold there it meant you actually had to put a jumper on at some point <laughs> but no that's that's actually, no, genuinely, actually cold. genuinely i mean it's not but that was just quite early and it warmed up to like 10 or something but yeah it's not warm mm. over here it changed basically from it was quite comfortable just wandering around hoodie weather and then one day it was just like oh yeah by the way it's five degrees outside Ugh. And it's just like, what? And I've got I've got my scarf on, I've got my big thick coat, and I've got my boots on. <laughs> and it's just, that's my base state in yeah, yeah. living in England. You spend several months um, where you being Australian becomes more and more apparent because... I'm wearing a hoodie in like 27 degree weather. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, it's so hot. And I'm like, that's nah, fine. Yeah, it's yeah. alright. <laughs> We're just used to it. But... <laughs> So before we talk about um, our, what we've been up to, yes, uh, I should probably mention that we uh, we did our big um, Nosferatu video. Ah, we yes. did, we did. Oh, I did enjoy that. That was oh, a lot of you. fun. Uh, we did wonder like how well it'd go down because doing a German expressionist film from 1922 <laughs> is a little bit outside our usual wheelhouse. We don't make it easy for ourselves do we <laughs> uh but people seem to really like it actually the weird thing is uh quite a few people have suggested that well not suggested is the wrong word have sort of requested that we also do a video like that on metropolis which is from i think 1927 i think um and is another the another german expressionist film and is the only other german expressionist film i've seen you know i'm gonna be honest i don't think there's any youtube money in in video games anymore or, or warhammer let's just stick with german expressionist and, films, and more importantly you can stay outside of the weird gray area of copyright if you go for films from the 20s this, this is true this is true you don't have to worry about any of that bullshit I know. <laughs> it's great yeah but then we've got to worry with it like everything being unsuitable for advertisers <laughs> Every, just assume everything is unsuitable for that. That seems to be the way it is, right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> everything is unsuitable. Actually, weirdly, the most recent video that we put up when when um, this has gone live, which is a Death Watch video, that was unsuitable for advertisers instantly, as soon as that video processed, and then I put it in for review, and within 10 minutes, it was categorised as suitable again. <laughs> the system works. So, sort of. The system's there. <laughs> Normally it takes days. I don't... I honestly don't know what's fucking going on with that system Oh, it's, it's it's busted as fuck. Yeah, it's I think definitely it's... not a human reviewing it. 
whenever you click review. Mm. These things seem to go through far too quickly for an actual mm-hmm. human to make any decision. Or very, very slowly. Well, the, the last podcast, um, that got flagged and then was approved and then got flagged again and still hasn't been approved again. Oh, it's because of all those naked titty pictures we snuck in. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. But yeah. anyway, yeah, um, glad people like the Nosferatu video, because generally people have seemed to quite like it. Yeah, because so you work yourself to death over it. Not really. Not, okay, nowhere near undeath. <laughs> nowhere near as bad <laughs> as, the, um, <laughs> as the Rogue Trader video. Like, it was a fucking break compared to that. Yeah. Um, although people might like to know that the fake blood that we use in that, uh, yeah, that didn't wash off very well at all. <laughs> I've still got it on my hand, and it was like... <laughs> Over a week ago. <laughs> nice. What, what did you use? It was literally just fake blood. Like, the last time I had... I love this channel. It's just... I just get covered in fake blood. It's my favourite thing in the world. I just... I want to get... Co- I want to do more reviews where I get covered in fake blood. But anyway. First time we needed to use it for my whole blood for the blood gods screaming. Yeah. It was... Your Tuesday I, afternoon. I made it out of... Sorry? Your Tuesday afternoon. It, my, my Tuesday afternoon, exactly. <laughs> I made it out of, like... Coffee... Uh, and food colouring, and there was a bit of corn flour in there as well for, like, just this thickness and stuff. Yeah. And that that washed off immediately. This stuff, which was, like, pre-packaged, because, you know, we did it around Halloween, so there was a lot of fake blood about it. We were like, ah, oh, it's like, like a quid for a tube of fake blood. Let's do that. It'll be a bit easier. Fuck off. <laughs> oh, God. It had, the, it had a fantastic consistency. Yeah. But, yeah, has it come off my nails? Has it? Fuck. See, it's all gone off me now, but we were left, like, for a couple of days afterwards with, with this... like, massive pink patches on our yeah. neck. <laughs> it, like, wasn't instantly apparent, because it did just look like natural kind of tones of the skin. But when you actually looked, you're like, oh, yeah, there's a very definite line where the yeah. pink starts. <laughs> yeah. Important question. Yes? Have you damaged my couch? No. No, no. Okay. Uh, we that were very good. careful. That is good. Um, yeah. It was okay. Uh, but anyway, what have you been up to, Mr. Matthew? Mostly, I've been doing two things I can't really talk about. Well, I mean, I can, but they're boring for everyone else. I've been listening to a lot of Streetlight Manifesto, because all of my records turned up. Nice. Um, oh, yeah, because you I know, did you see like, that post on Instagram. Very nice haul. I think I've mentioned it before, but in summary, they their record label wasn't paying them, so therefore their record label sued them for them not paying them. Mm-hmm. Or something that makes about as much sense as that. So I bought all the records, because they bought... Is it Victory Records? It is Victory Records. Bunch of twats. Bunch of twats. Bunch of twats. Um, but Streetlight bought all their own music back and then got into massive amounts of debt for that and then reissued oh. them all. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, my solution to this is I'll buy all of them. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I was They're fully expecting vinyl, like custom. They are all vinyl, yes. They do look very nice. I, I'm thinking of it as an investment in me mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. I don't know. And, and, you know, you're helping out a band that you've yeah. enjoyed the work of for fucking God knows how long. And so. it got through the postal service fine. I didn't have to pay any import tax, which was good. I, didn't, oh, good, I had no idea how that works here. I assume it's similar to the UK, in which case you get charged if it comes from America. But seemingly I didn't, so I, I don't know, whatever. Hmm. I'm not asking no, any good. questions, just nod and agree. <laughs> um, I've also spent a bit of time this last week. It's got a um, it's a TV baking show, but it's not it's not <laughs> off again, don't worry. I'm not going to talk about this one, but I just want to mention that our local, but it's, it's called The Best um, Bakery in France. Um, in short, there's like eight bakeries from around the country and it's on every night and someone gets voted off blah 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 but our local bakery that we go i go to every day is one of the eight and so far they've got through the first three rounds with like flying colors which is great because then i can go the next day and buy the thing that they were making the night before obviously it wasn't (laughs) filmed the night before but it's i don't know it's quite nice but it's not very interesting for anyone so 
surprisingly, I've actually managed to squeeze in loads of other stuff. Okay. I have, I have a list. Listen, listen. It's actually um, a paper list of things. And the first, the first is a confession. Oh, no. Oh. Because you guys might fall out with me, and everyone listening might fall out with me. Okay. You like so. pixels, don't you? <laughs> oh, no, God, it's not that bad. <laughs> okay, okay. I didn't even watch it, which would have probably... I think watching pixels would be worse than this confession. But Oh, God, anyway, okay. No, it's not that bad. But, so, our list of films that we need to have seen and we haven't, and it's a bit embarrassing. I've mentioned mm-hmm. this before. Yeah. I, we watched one of the films from it. We watched the original Ghostbusters, because neither of us had seen it before. Okay. Really? Yeah. Yep. And I've got to say, without any nostalgia glasses, it's not a very good film at all. That's your opinion, dude. Yeah? I, 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 haven't, uh, I haven't seen it in years, so I couldn't say, I actually. genuinely think, I genuinely think it is worse in a both filmmaking objective point of view and a just enjoying it point of view than the new remake. Okay, now people are complaining and whining. <laughs> yeah, that, that is the confession I needed to make that people are going to be upset about. But I genuinely think that's true. <laughs> Anyone listening at home, if that makes you angry, stop and think that that's Drummer Matt's opinion and literally nothing has changed in your life. Because he's held that opinion up until he's admitted that and your life was going fine until then. So stop writing an angry comment and just admit that he loves... All the bad movies. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 happy for you to try and persuade me nicely why it's not. But I just like just from how it's made. Even if oh, you no, ignore the police are coming, oh, the police are coming. That is how the bad. police are coming to get you. <laughs> um, even if you just like, okay, well, the effects are rubbish, but that's not the point. So I can ignore that. That's fine, whatever. But it's just all of the actors. Like I love a lot of the actors in it, but they just they phone it in so badly. They just look like they can't be asked. Mm. It's just like it looks like it's like a fan, a, like a cheaply made fan film of the. I was like, this is just like a fan version of the original film that everyone likes, right? Because it's just not very well made. <laughs> I'm sorry if it's your favourite film. I'm glad. I'm, I'm sure you enjoy it, and I'm sure I'm probably wrong. But I am just, so glad that for once yeah. it's it's not me saying something that's going to get a long drawn out comment. Yeah, I know. I'm, <laughs> You're going to get probably, well actually super hard, dude. Yeah, no, probably, and that's fine. I probably deserve it. But just from watching it without any nostalgia. We, we kind of watched it, and we, we ended up watching it over two nights because we got halfway through and just got so bored we just went to bed. Oh, God. <laughs> Christ. I personally, I, I quite like the like, film. But then I, I have nostalgia yeah. for it because I watched I think it's kid. fine. This is the thing. I thought it's an enjoyable film. I could watch it. I mean, I think the best part about it is the theme tune. Oh, yeah, God, yeah, the theme tune. And the Scar, the Scar, oh. the Scar version of the theme tune is the best. The Scar the version of the theme tune it's is so life-changing. So good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, so yeah, there we go. That's my. I haven't really got. I can't back up that opinion apart from the fact that we just thought it wasn't very good and thought it was a bit boring. Fair um, enough. So yeah, my uh, one thing I will say about watching it is especially it was a bit. Mm, and then considering the time we're watching it at the moment, so you open up mm. and it's yeah, it's a middle-aged white dude in a position of power, kind of abusing that power to try and hit on a girl. And yeah. go out his way to electrocute a dude so he can like chat with this girl, and then kind of the whole point of the film is him going after some woman who repeatedly says no until in the end she goes, "Oh, fine, I give up." Yeah, it's a bit. Yeah. It's, definitely oh, it's a little bit. It's a, yeah, it has not aged well. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I and mean, it wouldn't have aged well anyway. And then especially watching it at the moment with all that's going, all, all the revelations that seem to be coming out. It's just mm-hmm. like, ooh, this is this is really quite uncomfortable to watch, even yeah. aside from us not massively enjoying it anyway. 
Yeah. <laughs> I've got to ask, dude, just putting you off, is The Princess Bride on that list? Oh, yeah, 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 that was the first one we watched off the list, actually. Oh, good, because it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that movie is, is a fantastic wonderful. film. It's so good. It's so fucking good. I'm trying to think, like, because, oh, speaking of older films, guess what I'm going to see tonight? And I guess I'm taking the husband as well. <laughs> you <laughs> yes. suppose. I mean, if, if he behaves. <laughs> I'm going to go see Predator tonight Ooh, in cinemas. In cinemas? In cinemas. It's the 30th Ooh. anniversary. Like, so I'm going to go see it, and I'm so fucking excited because we saw we saw Terminator 2. Yes. But it, it was in 3D. But this one is in, like, Predator's just in standard 2D. Oh, nice. So it's like, and then, like, in a week and a half, we're going to go see Alien oh. in the cinema. And it's just, ah, I love it how they've just realised that, hey, maybe instead of remaking everything and making it shit, for the most part, I'm tying everything with the same brush here, maybe just re-release these old films that everyone fucking loves. Yeah. I've gone to see, well, I'm, I'm going to see, like, three of them. Yeah, in one year, just because they happen to have actually shown them. Yeah, because mm. I was, well, born about the time that Predator was released in cinemas, so I, I couldn't have really gone and yeah. enjoyed it. <laughs> but no, I am super fucking hyped for that. That's going to be so good. Yeah. Have you seen Predator? It is on the list. Okay, have you seen Alien? Ditto. <laughs> Aliens? Yeah, the whole series. It's because, like, the okay. sort of type of stuff was just never quite quite our thing so I never quite got around to it but I do it is on the list yeah yeah yeah. you can you can skip everything past the first two Alien films honestly oh and if you watch Aliens watch the director's cut okay yeah yeah it is yeah. better yeah um, but yeah so anything else Matt because you yeah. said you have a huge list I do he was just hey, I do um, hey let's stick with other film things quickly um Films that, ooh, this one probably won't age well, but at the time, the new Thor film. I've heard ooh, this fantastic it's fantastic and I really do want ooh, to see it. Oh, it's good. <laughs> I think yeah. it's it's probably quite of a time, so I don't know how it will hold up, but oh, it's very good. It looks, it looks exactly like the sort of Marvel movie that I want. Yes. Uh, because I really like... Thor in it. Yeah, I really like Thor, Thor, but the Thor movies have always been a bit crap. Yeah, this is this is the opposite of that. Yeah, um, but it's also set in a very colourful, vibrant, um, almost Guardians of the Galaxy esque type thing. Yeah. And since Guardians of the Galaxy is my favourite Marvel movie, um, that's okay. Like, I, I when I saw trailers for Ragnarok, I was like, yeah, I should probably go see that at some point. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is very good, and even like even like. The story in it is like it's different. It's not just you know Skybeam defeats Skybeam end of film. It's like the story's <laughs> yeah. got a bit more to it as well, and it's just like oh, it ticks all the boxes, man. Knows him from work. I love, <laughs> yeah. I love that. I know. I was actually that was the what the only slight disappointment in it in that that would have been so much better if it wasn't in the trailer first. That's the problem with trailers. But so. I mean, I, that's just trailers, isn't it? Like, yeah. Oh, really. this is complete. Is I'm just reminded this wasn't on my list, but you know, a while ago we mentioned about ridiculous spoilers such as Matt your example of um Planet of the Apes with the picture of the Statue of Liberty on the back. Yeah. Which is just like, okay, that's everyone probably knows that, but equally if you don't, that's a ridiculous spoiler. Yeah. A little yes. Um the t- the title of the film, you know the Shawshank Redemption? Yeah. yeah. In France, the title of that film is The Escapees. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so I'm guessing they're gonna escape then. <laughs> 
obviously in, in uh, French, but like, oh, okay, right. <laughs> so that kind of takes away any of the, are they going to get away? <laughs> <laughs> It's it's like I've I have seen that a lot of like in different countries in different languages that like like for argument's sake I this isn't real but like they would call Terminator like Arnold Schwarzenegger is a robot and is trying to kill a woman I guess <laughs> yeah. I, but it'd be in like yeah. German or Terminator something. Terminator Two like, what Arnie's not the bad guy yeah like, oh. yeah which if you like oh god I've watched that movie so many fucking times and I have poured through so many different things and like I've sat there and gone okay I want to pretend that I've never seen this before and the only film I've ever seen is The Terminator so that they think Arnie's going to be the bad guy and that moment in the back of the mall when he's yeah. like just yeah. get down I'm like ah I could, I could scream every single time it's so fucking good and then like and then when the, the, the T-1000 gets like completely punked and then you're like, oh, okay, wait a fucking minute. And then it gets up and you're like, what is that? <laughs> just so yeah, good. Yeah. Sorry, can we just talk about this? Welcome to the Terminator 2 podcast. We're not. Matt's trying to talk about his topics. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Make What's the most of me having topics for a change. Yeah, I mean, it's just... topics that people are going to hate me for, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I just get so excited about yeah, Terminator no, 2. It's... I can't help myself. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, Carry on. Back to Thor. Have I talked to you about what we do in the shadows? I feel like it's a film I've made you watch. I've watched it and it's great. Yeah, uh, actually, um, I was going to briefly mention it later because I, I watched it recently. Ah, cool, because yeah. that's Taika Waititi, the director of Thor. Oh, okay, which, cool. Which so um, his humour from what we do in the shadows and um, Hunt for the Wilder People. They're the only two I've actually seen. There's a there's a couple more, but they're all quite indie New Zealandy films. But that sort of humour, if you've seen any of his films. They do it so well, they bring it in, and there is that humour in the Thor, but it's like, it's it's kind of throughout it, and it's not doesn't feel like it's been forced in there, or it doesn't feel like he wanted to make an indie film, but Marvel made him do this big thing. It's like, it blends so well together. I don't know how they've done it, but it's so good. Oh, By being good. masters. Um, that's good, because the last Thor film, um, The Dark World, was yeah. very dour. Yeah. yeah I watched this, the first yeah. one, with, with Natalie Portmanteau. Yeah. Yes, and that was that was fine. I I th- I love Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Oh yeah, I just want to I just yeah. want to grab him by the face and squeeze his cheeks until his head <laughs> explodes. He's just adorable, and I Again, relate to him was... on a very very deep level because you know that photo of coming out with him recently where he was in like, this really fancy restaurant without his shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, mate, I mean, that's that's the thing. I was He's saying, Australian. Um... I mean, come on. I know. I'm just like, <laughs> you can take the boy out of Australia. <laughs> But yeah, that, that's the thing I was saying. Like, um, I really like the portrayal of Thor in the movies, but he's just not been served well by yeah. the movies. Yeah, no, this and this, so yeah, yeah, I, I highly recommend seeing this. It's very good. Okay, I've not heard a bad wedding, so I really do want to see it. I got to get my old movies out of the way before I go see my new movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Well, I'll make the most of it because this will probably be on in cinema for ages, and these old reissues are not going to. Are these just a one showing of it? Usually it's like yeah. one day. Yeah, it's like one day, one showing. Yeah. Because it's, yeah, yeah. Make the most of it, man. Yeah, definitely. It is your time. It is my time. <laughs> what better um, place than here? What better time than now? Do it. <laughs> my, so, my last TV film related thing before I actually have a gaming topic to talk about. Good <gasps> lord. Um, I would talk about Stranger Things, but we only watched the first few episodes and then got distracted by another show. So, Stranger Things, have you watched the new series yet? No, I've been meaning yeah. to. Well, we can talk. I'm, I'm sure that we'll have things to talk about it, but oh, that yeah, can be definitely. that can be a future episode. It's mm-hmm. after everyone else has had a chance to watch it as well because we don't want to spoil anything. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's far to say the first series. I think we spoke about it being excellent. So, yeah, first series yeah, is fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I think that's the reason why I haven't like rushed to see the second one of the. You're still enjoying the high from the first. Yeah, I, I kind of in in a way I kind of hoped they wouldn't make a second yeah, season. Yeah, just a, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, we got distracted by watching that. By it's a very weird recommendation. It's a Netflix show. And it's called The Good Place. Okay, I got recommended to it by um, watching a Tom Scott. You know Tom Scott YouTube um, does. Uh, mostly educational, interesting places, interesting facts type videos. Um, I'm not familiar with him. No, he I'm does. Not. He does various things, but he does. He's got like a second channel where him and his cameraman effectively do a chat about videos and chat about other things. But they recommended it, and he recommended it in the same way that I'm going to recommend it. In that, the first season is kind of crap, but not in a sort of a lot of shows where it's like okay, the first season's crap, but then it get, kind of falls into it like kind of they get the writing act together or something happens and it gets better. The first season is kind of crap on purpose, I think. I don't know. It's very weird. I'm not, I don't want to explain why, because I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. But it's okay. worth the first season being crap to then get to the end of the first season where it gets excellent. Okay. okay what kind of genre so is it? It's, it's, it's a sitcom. And it opens okay. up. This, isn't, this is the first, like, 30 seconds of the show. Um, the main character wakes up, finds out that she's been, she's gone to the good place. She's died, and she's gone to the good place. Okay. Then a few minutes after that, you very quickly realise, or she realises, that there's bit basically she's not meant to be there, and there's been some kind of administrative cock-up. <laughs> right. Basically. That's being human as fuck, honestly. Um, so that that is how it starts, and I'm not going to say anything else about it, but it's worth the first season, some of the humour is a bit, oh, this isn't very funny at all, and it's just a little bit naff, but it, it's enough to watch, and you can be like, okay, whatever, fine. But it's kind of not no better than any other generic, I don't know, Big Bang Theory-esque sitcom type thing. Ugh. But it's worth watching to get to the end of that season. Okay. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, yeah, I'd, I would recommend. We, and then the second season's currently currently showing now. And yeah, it's very, very interesting. Okay. okay. So, yeah, I'll check that out. Thanks, I won't dude. say any more, but yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. But go for it. Games. Vigi Games. We Vigi Games. We should. BlizzCon's happened. It has. Yes. Have you got anything to say about this? <clears throat> Is it on your list? <laughs> <clears throat> it occurred to me at the start of BlizzCon. <laughs> I literally just have four things written down because okay. I've done fuck all this week. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, Moira. The new Overwatch. Okay, I don't turn off. I'm only going to spend like a minute talking about Moira. Uh, she they actually announced before... Our podcast, rather than on the day after we fucking recorded. Yeah. <laughs> so immediately I'm like, something's up. <laughs> something's fucking up. But yeah, new new hero Mora. She's a healer. People have been asking for healers for a, like a long ass time. She's a she's a Talon operative. She's kind of like Zenyatta. She's got bouncy balls. She does have bouncy balls. <laughs> all hurts, and she's got like a beam, and it's just fantastic. And she's literally just David Bowie. Yeah. What? She's this tall, long, androgynous like woman from Dublin, and she has a skin called Glam that is straight up that, David fucking oh, Bowie. Nice. I did. So I have not seen good. that. Oh, excellent. Dude, Google it. You won't. Yeah, you her, won't her Glam upset. skin is halfway between David Bowie and Kefka from Final Fantasy VI. So Ooh, good. Which, okay. which I didn't realize how much I needed in my life. <laughs> yeah. So you found a new main. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, so yeah, I've been playing her on the PTR, and I've been enjoying her playstyle. It's quite strange, but it's, it's it's a nice mix-up of kind of things that are already present in the game. But I, I think she's quite refreshing, and I, I like her little bits of Irish accent coming out, and oh, I like nice. how she's she's tall log and, and very, very thin, and I, I just think she's a really, really cool design, and yeah. I think she's fun to play. Anyway, moving on. BlizzCon, drummer butt. Yep. I didn't actually have that much to say about it. I assumed you might have more. But I did have my one one thing that I did notice that I've taken away from this. The new World of Warcraft trailer for the new expansion. Yeah, I, oh my god, yes. Oh, I was cynical as fuck. It might surprise you, but yeah. I was inc- being very cynical about this. Yeah, well, that's my one main takeaway from the trailer. All I could think the whole time watching it through was going, wow, this looks like a shit mobile game. <laughs> yeah, that's the Holy my shit, only. I it get looks, it. It looks worse than you know. Whenever you're on the start of a YouTube video, or if you're on various apps like Duolingo, shows you videos occasionally and things. Yeah, yeah. It shows you videos for the shittest of the shit mobile games that you mm-hmm. they want to just milk your money from. Like that weird it, Final d- Fantasy that, one they keep doing. Yeah, there's like Final Fantasy builder. Sim City thing. Yeah, it's like that, and it, on Duolingo it keeps. Uh, I was like, this is. A, I assume this is a rip off of the real game. I looked into it. Oh no, no, it's a real like official game. It just looks so much... The new WoW trailer looks so much worse than all of those. I was like, <laughs> what's happened? Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, it's Battle for Azeroth, World of Warcraft Battle for Azeroth. Which is possibly the most boring name for an expansion I've ever heard. Yeah, probably. Apart from Cataclysm, which, let's face it, was pretty bad. Yeah, but at least that suggests something's happening. Battle for Azeroth might as well just say we've run out of ideas. <laughs> Horde versus Alliance. That's literally what it is, though. So, you know, interesting title. It actually tells you what it is. I mean, um, hey, at least they've stopped remaking Burning Crusade. Yeah, they fucking... The fact that they have Illidan dragged in in Legion is just like, fuck off. Illidan's always been a twat. (laughs) I don't care. But whatever. I keep playing WoW because it's my depression game. I was going to ask. I was just like, yeah, are you guys still on? Uh, It's just me playing. I am the only one out of all of us that keep playing. Okay. It's just me. I am every time I log on, I'm fucking alone. So I, I occasionally just have like, occasionally I have pranks of being like, "Oh, I could go back to it," and then I resist, I'm, and then I, I don't. found like I, I I'm doing content, but I'm really just enjoying like roleplay. Like I roleplay with my friend Josh a lot, um, not as much as I should, but you know. <laughs> um, so I, it's nice. It's nice to just have a character and wander around. And again, it's like without dropping the word depression, because I I have been diagnosed. I haven't self-diagnosed. And that's just that's a really comfortable game for me to play when I'm really down. It's it's good you know to focus on um, on grinding and and just let, let, letting the you know letting the grind kind of take me away and whatnot. So having functionally endless content is, functionally is endless quite content. useful. In that yeah. There's always something you can do really because it's been around for fucking at least a decade. So <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've, I've been playing a lot of that lately because th- that that's my excuse is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> Whereas, yeah, there's been always this big pull and, like, everyone I feel, well, I feel like 99% of people who sit there and go, oh, yeah, because the, the, these people still play. The people who sit there and trade chat all day complaining about how the game now sucks and how it was so much better in vanilla and, oh, Burning Crusade was the only expansion they'll ever cope with and the game fucking shit. It's like, but you've, you're still playing it. I, I Okay, fine. <laughs> but it feels like they finally clocked on to the fact that, hey, People want old school WoW, so the whole shutting down all the legacy servers a while ago starts to make a lot of sense. Yeah, because because um, that's what yeah. they're bringing in. They're bringing back well, they're bringing old school WoW servers. Yeah, which 
Or at least yeah. as is my understanding. From what I understand, yeah, yeah. They're, they're bringing they're making a handful of servers for that, yeah. Which is like I'm immediately my feeling on this is what they're gonna what people who really there's gonna be yeah maybe ninety five percent of people who go finally I'm finally gonna go and enjoy WoW again and then they're gonna log on for like a week and realize that it's all rose tinted glasses and WoW was actually pretty shit back in the day and the only reason <laughs> they liked it is because it was a very new awe inspiring experience like MMOs. That, like, and everyone was playing it back then. And everyone so. was playing it, so it was like full up. It was just—it was an amazing experience. And that's not there anymore. So they're going to go, oh shit, maybe I just I just got bored of WoW. And yeah. you know the whole like doing new things to to something like WoW is it's going to be a minefield anyway. You know, <laughs> sympathy where it's due, I guess, with Blizzard here. It's like if they change anything, half of the fan base is going to start screaming and crying and swearing blood oaths. Yeah. If they don't change anything, they're not changing anything. It's going to get, it's going to get stale. It's boring. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I like, I like how they've changed. I like the, I think artifact weapons are fantastic. Cause you know, I just, I just think that's really fun. Um, like little things around that, like w- world quests and world assaults. I think like there's a really nice kind of touch. It makes it feel like things are going on and, it's just, I, I like it, but a lot of people probably don't because it's not fucking Burning Crusade or Vanilla. So now those people <laughs> will realise how fucking wrong they were <laughs> and shut the fuck up eventually, I hope. Oh my god, I'm sick every time I'm in Stormwind or fucking Ogrimmar. Oh, I remember when it was in Vanilla and it was so much better. All of you Wrath babies can suck my fucking balls. Like, <laughs> talking about that, like, Wrath of the Lich King came out so fucking I know, ago. it's part of the battle chest now and everything. But, like, you know, people still decrying, like, Pandaria is the worst, which is like, that's fine. See, I, I remember playing, like, wow, I can't remember, I think it might have been Late Burning Crusade, the first time I played it. The first time we ever played it, that, yeah. And, and thinking, this is absolute hot garbage, I hate it. I remember, <laughs> we, I played for, like, a solid week and I just got to level 9. Yeah, I played for months and months and got to, like, level 17 or something. Yeah, and it's like, I, you can tell they knew people were paying monthly. Yeah, I mean, it's like go. I, I've, I've, I'm boosting a new. I'm, I'm taking a new character through. I've got like a Pandaren mage. Yeah, you can hate on me. I like the Pandaren. They're older than. I, I like them. I think they're really adorable. And a lot of people go, well, they're just they're just copy Kung Fu Panda. It's like you know Chen Stormstone helped found fucking Ogrima, but whatever. Yeah, let's stick with your law. Oh, Pandaren from Warcraft Three. They're fucking old as shit. Yeah, yeah. but whatever. And, like, I'm going through Burning Crusade right now. I've just come out of it, thank Christ. Because that's my... I hate... I hate that. That's Crusade. one of the things they're updating in the new patch, apparently. Yeah? They're, oh, they're widening the bad. Like, level boundaries for zones, and you can so you can do things in different orders or mix bits out. So if you just want to miss out all of, like, Burning Crusade stuff, now That you can. is another really cool thing that they brought in with Legion, because on, on the Broken yeah, Isles, which the, is the Legion continent... Yeah. It's that, but they're expanding that to the world, apparently. Yeah. For those who don't know, like there are like say four different big quest hub zones, like um, Valshara, Azuna, High, Mi- High Mountain, and Stormheim. And at any level, you can just go to one, and it will adjust to your level. So you can do things in a different order, which I think is really good, especially for an altaholic like myself. It's really nice to just not have to go through the same fucking path. I mean, once you get there, you know, you do it enough; it's the same path anyway. But you can at pretty much any time just go, I'm bored of this zone, I'm going to go to Stormheim. And then you get bored of Stormheim and go, I'm going to go to High Mountain. And then you can... I've, I really do like that. And I, I'm glad that they're going to be putting more of that in, because fuck Burning Crusade, I hate it so much. 
<laughs> I think the problem is is that we've only ever seen Burning Crusade from the perspective of going through that. People who have sense. Well, yeah. <laughs> people going... who have played the new and improved and better. Better of, game. Of going through that as mid-game content rather than it being end-game content. Yeah. And as mid-game content, it's so it's so poorly designed it's, for it's that. It's like hitting a brick wall. I mean, like, I will say, obviously, it was the Wild West back then. They really didn't know how to expand very well. So, oh, you know, yeah. they, they made a lot of mistakes. But the thing is, it does smack of a lot of vanilla WoW and a lot of your pain for your time spent here. So it's like... Also, and this is a minor point, the quest structure of those areas is fucking garbage. I was literally about to say that. The, the quest structure... So, okay, so you go to, like, a quest hub, say, in the Hellfire Peninsula, which is, like, the first area you go to in the Burning Crusade expansion. So you go you go to Honor Hold, which is kind of, like, in the middle, and it's like, hey, so you're in the middle. Walk ten minutes north to, to turn in a quest, and then they'll go, yes, thank you for coming here. You need to kill 40 of these things and... Because they drop this one item, which 10% of them will drop. And that's about 20 minutes south. Well, it's not that bad, but it's like, it, if if you're walking, Christ, it's a long-ass way. And yeah, it's just yeah. featureless. And there's things are so far apart. And there's so many enemies there. And top, top that off, they have a fucking fell reaver walking around that's just going to stamp on you and kill you instantly if you bump into the prick. It's just awful. I mean, things get a little bit less horrible once you get to, like, Shatrath, and I love that name, by the way, and, like, Terraka, or wherever the fuck it is. Like, as you kind of move on from there, it gets a little less egregious, but it's still pretty bad. And yeah. And then, then the Lich King's next, and it, yeah. Lich King is so good. I love it. I mean, I might be biased because it's got werewolves, and it's got... <laughs> and all the werewolves have, like very kind of Scandinavian kind of names and it's full of ice and snow and bones and death knights and I'm a massive goth and I think that's awesome (laughs) but it's still pretty amazing but yeah so you can tell they figured out a lot more things in the Lich King so yeah I don't understand I mean no I do understand why people have nostalgia for, for WoW Vanilla and Burning Crusade but as someone who came in and seriously started playing it just at the end of Wrath. It's not that good. It's, you know, like, I don't have the nostalgia there, and I can look back and go, this is just shit. Burning Crusade is your Ghostbusters, is what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> I like I like Legion way better, because that's the remake of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck, no, that's fucking Warlords of Draenor. It's the remake of fucking Burning Crusade. Yeah. And then they went... Shit, we need to remake it again, but not as fucking shitty. So they kind of made it again and focused it on the drain eye. Yeah. But still, yeah. That's why people tune in to hear about fucking 12-year-old video game expansions. <laughs> yes. Also, I completed American McGee's Alice on stream, which is 17 years old. <laughs> you did, yes. I did. We like talking about the old games here. <laughs> You had other video game things to talk about, Matthew. Yeah. Uh, no, no. My my last topic it was game related, but not video game related. Okay. Um, okay. But it is Games Workshop related. Have oh. you seen the Necromunda trailer? Uh, you know, I actually haven't watched the trailer itself. I realise mm. that now. We're fake fans. Yeah. I, I mean, I've have seen the, the stuff about the game. I've oh, yeah. seen the models just, and everything. Just, yeah. I just haven't seen the actual trailer, which means we're, we're fake fans. Apparently. Apparently. Sorry, everyone. Well, I've Down. not seen much about the thing apart from I've seen the trailer. And seen a little bit on the web. They don't give away much on the website. 
Mm. Um, but it looks pretty good. Because I like, I don't, I've never played it, but I like the idea of that sort of small scale, you've got your gang and they all level up separately and you can mm. like build your gang and they get experience and it's... Drama Matt, is this your way of asking if we want to form a gang with you? Because yes, <laughs> we, I would love to form a Necromunda type gang best, with you. We would be the best gang. <laughs> we'd, we'd be... Well, I'm trying to think of like a we are werewolves, not swearwolves. Kind of <laughs> yeah, we could all be werewolves. There we go, and then we could use that. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just I, I like the idea of that. I tried to get the Mantic equivalent, which I had a quick game with one of you at some point. The uh, yeah, what's it called? Uh, Dead Zone. Yeah, yeah. We, I, I played a game, a couple of games of Dead Zone with you. Yeah, yeah, we bought into that, and it's it seemed to work quite well. But it just it doesn't have the Games Workshop. I don't know, like finesse characters or like draw to it somehow i don't know mm. it's like i think uh putting it in the 40k universe um and having all of that baggage yeah. going into it does does mean that y- you can't help but be a little more drawn yeah it's to like it. yeah, yeah like yeah. dead zone i got like all four they're not gangs or houses but they're like whatever the different factions are you got four factions and you got loads of like 3d terrain and things and that it was it wasn't that expensive, and compared to, I assume Necromunda is going to be probably a similar price, but you only get two of the gangs and you only get two D terrain. I was like, well, yeah. you just get less for your money. Yeah, that's the uh, but, the GW name. But somehow I'm more drawn to it still, even though like I can go to a cupboard at home wherever I've kept it and get out what is kind of a similar game and play that now without spending <laughs> more money. It's because the 40k look of paint, you, like you love the 40k like mythos and you're comfortable within it, so yeah. it's it's more familiar to you, so you're always going to be drawn to something that you're more knowledgeable about yeah. and you like better anyway, so. But no, I, than, I don't know exactly what the what the rules are like and whether they're changing them from cuz Blood Bowl came out and it was exactly the same, like they didn't rechange the rules at all. Yeah. From what I hear, uh, Necromunda is based um, largely on the 8th edition 40k rules, but obviously tweaked to okay. make it function. Uh, that might be entirely wrong, that's just what I've heard. Okay. It does have blast markers though, so you do have... Um, yeah, I did see it came, with, know, the, it came with its markers and things. So that, that's fun. You've yeah. still got your blast templates in there, and yeah. then uh, flamer templates. When we move back and I've got... Well, firstly, I can buy things at British prices, not at Euro prices, because it's just more expensive here by quite a long mm-hmm. way. Um, yeah. And I haven't got anywhere to store it anyway, because our flat's tiny. But when I come back, I think I think that, that is a rabbit hole I could fall down. <laughs> <laughs> the Necromundan rabbit hole. Yeah. Oh. Um, and that's, that? that's that's the end of the, the drummer match show, I think. That's all of my things. Okay. So now, I'm sorry, now... I can hear the chimes at any fucking time it likes. <laughs> oh, clock. yeah, what time is it? Oh, yeah, these, oh, these are the ten past three bells, you know. That's fine. <laughs> oh, sorry, nine minutes past three. Oh, no. We've lost him. Um. Yeah. I don't know if you want to wait for them to finish. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. I like make. It, I want to make the. I want to make the bells a part of it. So, drama mat. Explain. Explain about the any time ringing for no reason bells. <laughs> oh yeah, we we live by a cemetery, which is not anywhere near as goth and cool as it sounds. It's fine. It sounds it's, pretty goth. And it's, cool, it's, it's quite a nice cemetery. Um, but the point is, there's bells that ring like above the gate. I think it's the cemetery bells. There's a church as well, but I think this is actually the bell above the gate in the cemetery, and it rings like quarter an hour before they lock the doors because no one wants to be trapped in there overnight really um well i mean not not after the first three not after the first three times anyway oh no no, (laughs) because then people start wondering why you're showing up to graves with like a blanket and a jar of vaseline and (laughs) you just don't need that kind of publicity (laughs) 
But yeah, and then throughout the rest of the day, the, the bell rings at just like, for example, it started ringing just now. It's currently nine minutes past three. So these are the standard nine minutes past three in the afternoon bells. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a particular religious faction thing or I don't know. It's I'm like, possibly being really ignorant here, so sorry. But Well, no, it's like, my only thought is like, does it ring every time someone's buried? I don't know. It's a huge or cemetery. So like sneezes and it's a bad often. one? <laughs> Are they prepping for someone to die? Oh, no, is whenever... it a threatening thing? Like, mum, every time I ring this bell, you get closer to fucking no, death. The, it, might be, uh, it might be the equivalent of the Klingon death scream thing. Oh. Where they ring the bell to warn a Stovokor that a Klingon warrior approaches. No, yeah, that's it. So, yeah, you're next to a Klingon cemetery, dude. Ooh, that's cool. That's well, so depends. cool. Are we, are we talking um, Discovery Klingons? Or... <laughs> okay, no, we're talking about actual fucking yeah, Klingons. Yeah, talk about real start. Klingons. Don't start. Sorry. <laughs> I guess that would be a, a, good, uh, a good segue. You know oh, yeah. what would make an even better segue? If you didn't fucking point out that that was a good fucking segue. <laughs> The best way of segueing is the obvious segue where you point yeah. it out. Okay, let's ride this segue towards okay. Wib then, shall we? Yes. So, um, my my format that I came up with last week, uh, yep. well, not last week, last episode, of uh, just pointing out the one continuity error that really annoyed me about the two Discovery episodes since last time. Yeah. Okay. In, in a section commonly known as Wib Talks About Discovery. And is angry. <laughs> Not angry, just disappointed. And it's not angry, but disappointed. <laughs> so, uh, episode seven and eight came out. Um, so, the con- uh, continuity errors in the two episodes, to point out, in episode seven, uh, Harry Mudd's in it, who's a character from the original series, who was sort of just a... He's not a good person, but he's... He, he's Isn't he like a proto-Ferengi? He is in a way, yeah. Um, it's sort of uh, the he's a liar and a cheat and a rogue, but he's fundamentally mostly harmless. Mostly. So okay. is he a Ferengi or not? He's not Ferengi. No, he's human. <laughs> I mean, is he a proto Ferengi? He kind of is. Yeah. yeah. Um, sort of supposed to be more negative traits of humanity. Um, uh, he's in this, but he's been grim darked up. So apparently, in his <laughs> younger days, he was a straight up fucking murderer. Like okay. he murders. Oh. So much of the uh, the Enterprise crew, it is uh, not Enterprise uh, Discovery crew. <laughs> Fucking when did this happen? Oh god! <laughs> oh come on, that would be less. That would be just as much of a continuity error as anything else in the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so he's now apparently a serial killer. Also, um, and I, I hate to double up on the continuity errors. Yeah, you get one. You get one per show. That's the rule. Yeah, well, this isn't a continuity error. This is just a weird thing about the episode. Okay, that I just need to mention. Um, so they have some music playing. And you know how normally in a sci-fi they'll play something that is sounds a bit weird because it's supposed to be futuristic. Yeah. Um, quite a common thing they'll do. Things like Mass Effect do it, where what they actually do is kind of have like modern music, but with like an '80s twinge to it. Because even though that's technically retro, it still sounds a bit off, and so it's still kind of alien bit, to yeah. us yeah. because that's not what modern music sounds like. Uh, yeah, no, they just have Wyclef Jean playing. <laughs> Well, they like that classical yeah, kind of the music, future, do they? They? Yeah. they don't mention it being classical, it's just that's the music they're listening to. But it's straight up classical fucking music. Yeah, it's hundreds of years old, it's like, what? Um, and I have to be fucking, honest... So Discovery is just staffed entirely by fucking hipsters. Yeah, maybe. In <laughs> uh, episode 8, I have to be honest, there was no continuity errors that bothered me in episode Ooh, 8. But, whatsoever. 
it wasn't a particularly interesting episode, but it was kind of a very Star Trek-y episode in what was going on. Okay. Uh, actually, to be fair, episode seven, the whole thing about it was like repetition in time of like going through the same event over and over again, trying to fix things out, and one person knows what's happening, which I'm pretty sure has happened in, I think, an episode of Voyager, but... It was Groundhog Day. <laughs> but it was Groundhog Day, and it's a very Trek premise. Um, just, yeah, Harry Mudd's now a serial killer. Hmm. Um, but that the does... Tribble's going to turn into facehuggers at some point. Uh, there is a Tribble in, in the first hugger? episode. Uh, it's just sitting there cooing gently on uh, Captain Lorca's desk. That's pretty good. Uh, I don't really want a Tribble. And made me feel good because the cooing of Tribbles is very soothing. <laughs> well, yeah, because they make you want to pet them. And it, they it, do. it doesn't work on me, though. It does, oh, Spock was assured it doesn't work on him that he sits there stroking it. Hmm. <laughs> um, but that does lead me to another, another subject. Um... So Discovery being kind of a bit of a disappointment and all that. When you say another subject, do you actually mean the same subject? Yes. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> so I've been doing a thing. Inspired by your watching of movies yes, uh, that you have always meant to watch, I've been yeah. doing a bit of that myself as well. So I watched uh, What We Did in the Shadows because you two won't shut up about it. Yes. Um, this is good. It's, it's good. Best. Good movie. It's I fun. like it. Um it's just too real. So yeah, that's exactly what would, it would be like <laughs> if vampires were alive nowadays. Also, because we've just done Nosferatu, it seemed to be a fitting time to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. To watch and there's actually um, a surprising amount of like references that I didn't get because I hadn't seen Nosferatu. Yeah. And then when I was watching, yeah. like when he raises out the coffin. Um, yeah. In well, in both, like the one in What We Do in the Shadows is obviously a nod to it to Nosferatu. And yeah. I didn't realise that. So thank you. The the, uh, the the Nosferatu guy. His name is just Pete, isn't it? It's Peter with a Y. Yeah. Oh, it's Peter, yeah. I, I, I wish it was subtitles. Oh, so. Peter okay. got him. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, I also watched uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Ooh. Um, which is fucking weird, but great. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, I, I do really like it, but also, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, the, the ending is... Um... I like how I actually looked it up, because I'm... I'm not, like, a big cinephile or anything, so I wondered what the movie meant. Like, if there was a defined meaning of it. I looked it up and... Um... Very anti-capitalist uh, message there. <laughs> uh, no, it's just, it, it's not got one defined meaning and everyone disagrees on what it's supposed to represent. So it's like, okay, good, so I'm not being stupid. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It is supposed to be, it's intentionally made to be very vague and to be whatever you want it to be, so, okay. Um, but one of the, the other movies I watched was Star Trek Beyond. Star Ooh. Trek Beyond! I mean, that doesn't quite... <laughs> I can't, I can't hear Star Trek Beyond without going into that. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming Star Trek Beyond is not exactly a film that you're embarrassed to admit you haven't seen. No, no, because um, to to fill in the backstory, um, I think the first Star Trek movie, which I think was from two thousand and nine, of the remakes, uh, I it wasn't Star Trek at all, but it was fine as a remake and a reboot. It did the job. Um, I think it, the way it did it of like the splitting of the timelines was a very good way of doing it. Um, as many people will know, um, Star Trek Into Darkness, I hate with an unbridled passion and is one of the movies that makes me the most angry of all movies. Oh shit, you've actually just set the rug on fire with your with your ionised hate. Yes, <laughs> I really, really hate that movie. Okay, so I need to go get a blanket or something, it's really getting quite big. <laughs> so, Star Trek Beyond, I've been told it was way better. I've been told it was at least as good as the first of the new Star Trek movies. 
Um, so I was like, well, I'll I'll watch it at some point, and I'll probably and and if it's if it is of that quality, I won't hate it. But I, I probably I can't, I'll... I can't remember. I think I said something about it on the podcast at some point, but I can't for the life of me remember. When you said you'd watched it, I was like, um, which one was that again? Because <laughs> I think I've completely forgotten, <laughs> which isn't a good sign. But I can't yeah. remember. I don't think I hated it, but I can't well, actually remember what I thought. <laughs> well, having now seen it, I can say I absolutely love it. What? I, fucking what? I, I really, I'm sorry, could you say that hang on. into my good ear? I genuinely look, this is a new piece of Star Trek. I say no, it's a few years old now, but I absolutely love it. I think it is vastly superior to, if I'm absolutely honest, it's probably better than all the next generation films. <gasps> I like First Contact more, but that's, <laughs> that's... That's right. Absorb all the hate that was originally going towards me. Do it. <laughs> Do it. You are a sponge no, well, of hatred. The thing is, most of the next... Well, all the next generation movies, bar generations, just feel like an extra long episode of the show with more money. They don't feel like movies. Generations does feel like a movie. It's just not a very good one. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. So, I don't know. Um, I don't think I'm, I'm on my own in thinking that the Next Generation movies were largely eh. First Contact was good, even if it was, yeah, not really. More just an, an elaborate version of an episode. Which is the one with Tom Hardy in. Uh, that is Nemesis. No one likes Nemesis. No, I don't like Nemesis. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Don't don't get angry at me because I don't like Star Trek fucking Nemesis. <laughs> if I watched um, it now, I'd I... probably like it because I like Tom Hardy a bit too much. <laughs> he's like... Um, he's, but yeah, um, Star Trek Beyond, uh, it basically fixes literally every single problem I have with the reboots. Like, you want to know why? Because Simon Pegg wrote it. Yeah, Simon I mean... Pegg and another bloke wrote it <laughs> rather than Roberto Orsi, the 9-11 truther. Yeah, I mean, that's that's an improvement there. And yes. it's not directed by J.J. Abrams. And I don't dislike J.J. Abrams as a director, but I hate what he does to Star Trek. I it's hate just, the look of his it. His style doesn't quite fit with what is stereotypical Star Trek. Yeah, and the guy who's actually done it is a guy who normally does the Fast and the Furious movies, of all things. Wow, good on him. Um, but it feels like it's directing and it's writing feels so much more Star Trek. There's humour in it, and it's sometimes a bit silly, but it's the same kind of silly as old Star Trek. When it makes references to old things, it does it in a in a very warm, nice way, as opposed to just fucking with previous canon. Which the which especially into darkness, I I'm not even going to start about how much that wrecks continuity. We don't have enough. There's not enough <laughs> I know eggs on it's the like, internet. I, it's like I know it's it's a split <laughs> in the timeline, but the Kelvin timeline occurs after a set place. So is the Prime Universe up to a point and into darkness? And all of the stuff they changed is from before that split. Doesn't uh, it split when Khan is made? No, no, it splits when uh, it's to do with uh, the USS. I think it's the USS Kelvin being destroyed. Okay, um, I couldn't tell if it was the eugenic wars or not. I, I oh, don't no. know enough. No, no, the eugenics wars is, is a completely different kettle of fish from the entirety of Star Trek canon changing when that happened. That's because it originally happened in 1996, I believe. Oh, the, the distant space future of 1996. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's. I've only seen the first, the first Star, uh, new Star Trek movie one, so I, I think it's the the it's the. Kelvin gets destroyed by um, Nero. Is his name yeah, Nero? That sounds, that sounds the, about right. The villain. The coffee place. I think maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he, when when <laughs> that ship gets get destroyed um, <laughs> by him coming back in time, that's what actually changes the timeline. Okay. Okay. No worries. Um, and so all the stuff to do with Khan happened 
Oh, fuck. Um, a couple of hundred years before that, so shouldn't be any different from the Prime Timelines version, but apparently is now. Oh, because he did, he, they did a Frozen on him. Yeah, and apparently being Frozen changed him from Ricardo Montalban into Benedict Cumberbatch for some reason. Yeah, I don't get it. But anyway, onto something good. Yes! Star, yeah, Star Trek Beyond, they changed, so the way it feels like they make references to old episodes, like they're talking about ship that went missing, and they're like, oh, some say the Romulans got it, some even say, you know, a big green hand came up and grabbed it out of the sky, which is a reference to a, an original series episode. Like, they even give a send-off to Leonard Nimoy in it, because um, obviously he died between See, now I'm just that and uh, Into Darkness. And they even they even do... One really tiny thing that makes me very happy. So the redesign of the Enterprise has one thing on it that drives me fucking insane, which is the guy that... who plays Scholar and Heroes. No, no, <laughs> I, I couldn't think of anyone else. No, <laughs> so I, I was like, shit, I, uh, that guy. No, I think Zachary. He's, he's a really good Spock actor. Yeah, Zachary Quinto makes a great Spock. That's I just wish, name. I just wish there was more than one good movie he's been in playing Spock. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, he didn't write them. Oh, I know. That's not blaming Don't him. Stop throwing shade on I'm Zachary. Not throwing shade to, oh my god! <laughs> I'm not. Start beef with Zachary. Fucking whatever his Quinto his name is. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm just, I'm just gonna let you finish. Why, like, get, why you get like Keemstar this? up in here? Yeah, I know, right? He's being so vitriolic for no reason. Anyway, so yeah, they the ship, uh, the old Enterprise design from the first two movies, and this is a really minor point, but it really annoys me is its nacelles, the, the engine parts yeah. of the back, are weirdly close together. Like so, when you see the ship. <laughs> No, when you when you see the ship from nearly every, really complaining, they look a bit too close. No, no, this is like a genuine thing because all other all other Starfleet ships that we've seen throughout whatever continuity, their nacelles tend to be, if not the widest part of the ship, then they are you know quite close to that kind of distance. So they're not very close together unless it's a ship with only like with like centralized nacelles or something. There's some that have those. So the fact that this has them so close together just always looked really off kilter to me. It always made it look really out of like, um, like out of um, what's the word? Um, not perspective. Place. Proportion. Yeah. It looked weirdly unproportioned, and just it always looked really weird to me um, when they get um, spoilers. The Enterprise gets destroyed. It's in the fucking trailer. Um, <laughs> yeah, obviously. I'm surprised it wasn't on the poster. Well, it's it's. It's the third Star Trek movie. They had to kill it. The, the the Enterprise, the original Enterprise, gets destroyed in the search for Spock. So um, they make there's a new one, the Enterprise A, created, and that that one's nacelles are the same kind of distance apart as the original Enterprise's nacelles. So it's it actually looks right to me again. That's a really minor flaw, and I don't like hate the other two movies because of that. That's just a minor point that, that annoys me. That would be me. fucking ridiculous. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> but the fact that they that when they went through this one, they fixed everything I disliked. Like right down to things like that. Hmm. The only the only problem I have with the entire movie is there's one really shit CGI effect where um, <laughs> Kirk is on a bike and he gets tele like transported in and he's riding the bike and it is the fakest CGI I have ever seen in my life. Okay, and that's it. That's that's a pretty good yeah. good ratio. It even has like talking about Wyclef Jean in fucking Discovery. They even have contemporary music in it, but make it work. Because there's, I think it's a Public Enemy song playing, and it's just yes. from 
And it's an alien who's listening to it because they've got like an ancient Earth like thing. Well, they've got ancient, a mini disc player. It's from like the post Enterprise era, and even the, the ship called the Franklin looks like it belongs in the Prime timeline. Nice, and because it, it would have come from the Prime timeline. Even see, this is it. Everything about it just is is everything I dislike about modern Trek. They fixed, um, and yeah, so they they did Public Enemy, and it kind of and it works. And they even put in the Beastie Boys, and it's stupid, but it's the kind of stupid that kind of works in Star Trek. How? I don't know. But I think it's because it it, it uh, earns so much good feeling from an act, from someone who cares about this stuff, who cares about the continuity and stuff. It earns so much good feeling from it that you can let something silly slide. It doesn't annoy you because it's earned the right to do its own thing. Yeah. And I know that sounds silly, like cause it, it says that you know a new piece of fiction can't do its own thing. Oh no, no, but I get you. I, I think the problem was, and this is especially evident in both Discovery and Into Darkness, being the, the two prime ones that do this, are that they seem to actively not care about Star Trek whilst doing things that get in the way. Without making something entirely new, they keep trying to drag in the things you love so you you kind of just sitting there getting slowly pissed off at it because it's it's not. I mean, at the end of it, I know they're not actually doing this, but it feels like there is an active contempt towards you as a fan. It's just they get <laughs> things wrong in such a way that it makes it feel like you, a personalized yeah. attack. Yeah, and that's what it, that's what it feels like. Whereas this is this is even the things that are silly and ridiculous. It all feels like it's from a place of love for the series. Yeah, well, which it, I think it, it, it totally yeah. is because I mean Simon Pegg. Is just a massive Trekkie. Like he was probably as upset yeah. by the things that are bothering you as you were. Yeah, like, absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, the fact that all those things, I, I I do kind of put it at the feet of that with a different writing staff and a different director. That's all it needed. The actual cast is hearing them say lines that feel like the original characters, the original actors would say, makes me go. All of these really work as the characters they're supposed to be playing. They all completely work. That's the weird thing with a lot of movies is that you can sit there and go, this character, this person was the fucking worst in the world, like Robert Pattinson in Twilight. Yeah. Whereas he's not actually a bad actor. He was just directed fucking terribly yeah. and the script was garbage. I've heard that Hayden Christensen. And he hated it. And he oh. fucking knew it and I love that man. Yeah, I've heard um, Hayden Christensen who played Anakin Skywalker in the prequels. I've heard he's actually a decent actor. Mm. I've not seen him in anything else but I've heard he's absolutely fine. Yeah. It's, it's just, he was directed it terribly. It is a tricky thing. It's like, is, is an actor just really that bad? Or... Are they being directed piss poorly? Yeah. Is the script that bad? Like, what's... It's it's a tricky one. But no, I'm really glad that, like, Star Trek's got a good movie. Because it's been too fucking long. Yeah, and see, there is... I'm not just a curmudgeon who doesn't like anything new. I, like I say, I like it better than most of the movies. Well, Star Trek Beyond isn't exactly new. It's a few years old by now. Well, yeah, but it's the latest (laughs) movie in the series. I'm I'm just (laughs) ribbing you, you prat. And as far as Star Trek goes, it's, uh... It's the be- honestly, it's the best thing to happen to Star Trek since Deep Space Nine. <laughs> <laughs> you and your bonus for Deep Space Nine, um, which I I will agree are pretty warranted. Yeah, because um, I mean, okay, there's some there's some good episodes of Voyager, and I'm sure there's some good episodes of Enterprise. Should I ever actually get past about ten episodes? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Ooh. But yeah, Ooh. so I just wanted to point out that yes, I can like new Star Trek. It's good. I like I like Beyond. It's very good. Um. I have some video games to talk about too. Ooh. Really? I do. Ooh. Uh, so uh, the first one I, I will mention because I've been playing a shit ton of this. 
It's not like a new game or anything, but it's uh, called Defense Grid: The Awakening. Oh, is that what you've been playing? That's speak. That does sound like a shitty mobile game. <laughs> it really <laughs> does. Doesn't continuing it? a topic, but <laughs> so because um, I don't know if this is something we'll ever play on the channel because it's sort of a I don't know how to make this sort of game entertaining for other people to watch. Well, um, you could be shirtless. I I don't <laughs> think anyone needs that, and also um, you don't know. film yourself while recording, so. Well, no, no, no. he could, he, yeah, you could just be like, hey guys, Wib here, with duct tape on my nipples. And then everyone would be like, you have my attention. (laughs) I don't think that's, no. That is almost exactly how the internet works, to be fair. Yeah, really. Okay, okay. Well, you know what you do? You just describe what your feet are doing every five minutes. (laughs) I think that might get an audience that I am not comfortable at uh, dealing with. Are you sure? I mean, if if you if you get off on that kind of stuff, all hey, power hey, to no. you. But I I personally do not, and it would make me somewhat uncomfortable um, to be involved in I someone feel, getting off. I in feel that, that it would be very dishonest if if you know, you were kind of weren't into that. Yeah, you know, kinda, it, it feels a bit manipulative. It so does. yeah, then you just sit there and go, "My butt is it's spe- it's, it's sounding out the alphabet." Okay, I'm going to carry on with what I was talking about. Huh? I'm uh, s- I'm sorry. I'm trying to just make your your gameplay life a little bit easier. So I tell us what you think in the comments if uh, if Wib should so... just start spelling the alphabet with his butthole. I want to say thank you to someone who, and I hope I get the the pronunciation right. Avani DK is, I think, how this how they intend it to be pronounced. A death knight, man, eh? Maybe. Ah. Uh, they gifted it to the channel, and uh, I don't know if we'll ever get to play it because I don't know if it will work in any of the kind of the formats that we we do. But I have been playing the shit out of it, and I really like it. He really has been. So thank you for just I don't know keeping him off the street. I guess. Yeah, it's a it's <laughs> just a tower defense game, but it's just. I think it was originally like a mobile game, and it got ported. I might be wrong there, but that's that's the impression that I get. And it's just a nice little thing, and it's it's really kind of basic. It's exactly what you expect for a tower defense game. Like some levels, they're just walking on a path, and you just put things at the side of it. And on some levels, you build the towers to create a maze for them to walk through. And there's there's just loads of different variants that you can do. Like ones where it's endless, somewhere it's a set amount. There's like a story to it. And somewhere, you know, you'll have, like, various um, handicaps. Like, you can only build level one towers, or you can you start out with a set amount of resources and you don't gain any more, and you've got to defend against all these waves. Sounds like it's got a good bit of content. It though. does have quite a lot of content to it. There's Especially it's like, if it's a, a ported mobile game. Because I, like... I, mean, I, I, just, I just want to point out, I might be wrong about that. Okay. Um, so I don't want to harp on Well, it. even then, like, considering mostly little games nowadays. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> But being massively down on everything. it does it does have a ton of DLC as well um, for more more content um, the person also gifted uh, one of those to me um, which was the contagion or containment I forget the name of it offhand there is one called you monster which um, the AI in it from what I understand is replaced with Glados because oh. it's a portal crossover so oh, I might have to pick that up that's good because <laughs> um, anything that makes it. me think of portal makes me happy yeah, <laughs> yeah. you are a bit of a hoe for portal I, I do like portal a lot. Um, but the one thing that I, that kind of shocked me about it is, so there is a story running through it of, you know, evil aliens are attacking and you have to defend them. And there's an AI that's helping you that used to be a human, but is like inside a machine. And towards the very end, there's just a really nice little character moment that came out of nowhere. 
Because, like, while the writing's not bad or anything, you're not really paying too much attention. It's, it's a tower, tower defense game. You're but then, be focusing on throughout that. the thing, uh, the the AI has mentioned a few times how he used to really like raspberries, Aww. but he can't eat them anymore because he's not human anymore. I want and so, to upload raspberries to this sweet boy. And so he's talking about like, so you, you know, you go have like a celebratory bowl of raspberries on me, and you know, maybe one day uh, you you go home to your family now, and because the, the the threat is sorted, and maybe one day I can I don't know hijack onto a remote server uh, and come visit you and your family. And I don't I know what him. I don't know what use I could be to you, um, being you know a, a machine made for war. But you know, I'll I'll just say this: I'm. Uh, I've got nothing against blueberries either. Uh, it's just a, it's just a nice little bit of character moment. <laughs> out of sort of, and you're just not expecting I it. I don't like it because I can feel my cold, dead heart thawing. Yeah. Also <laughs> on the DLC, because um, it's like in ca- in canon with that stuff, um, it goes back, and you show up, and you're like captain by that point. You're the kind of person you're playing is, and he and he's like, oh well, oh. Welcome back. You know, it's been a long time since you. You've made Captain. Couldn't it happen to a nicer guy? Like this little banter. And it's like, oh, that's why just... didn't you invite him over for blueberries? I know. I didn't you have... horrible fucking person. I'm so <laughs> mad at you. That poor computer, sweet, sweet yeah. darling. But yeah, um, as, as, I mean, I've spent like 10, 11 hours playing it today. So, today. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's that's worked out quite well. I do really enjoy it. I can. I don't know how much it actually costs um, normally, but uh, I, I can recommend it if you see it and, you know, the price seems right and you like uh, tower defense games because it's a pretty decent one. Was it Defense Grid The Awakening? Defense Grid The Awakening. And yeah, there's a shit ton of DLC. Uh, although, to be honest, um, I've barely touched it, um, the DLC at all. Okay. So. I guess that's when you get royally bored, then you can move on to the yeah, DLC. Yeah, the, but there's a load of it, so, you know. Mm. Uh, yeah. The other game is also similarly kind of a strategy game. Uh, which is what we played for the last uh, Snipe and Wood play, which was... Death Watch. Death Watch. Tyranid Invasion. It's, it's or ps- Death Watch Enhanced Edition. Yeah, I'm not sure what its official name is, because on Steam it's uh, Warhammer 40,000 Death Watch Enhanced Edition, whereas the actual game in, in, in the actual game itself is called Tyranid Invasion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in, in the actual... That is a um, mobile port. Yeah, that is a mobile port. Uh, in all of the write-ups for it, it just calls it Death Watch. Like, explicitly just calls it Death Watch. So I don't know what its official name is supposed to be. Because it's got three separate the ones. The executable is called Death Watch Game, so... Eh, who knows. Let's just call it Death Watch Game. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, that's obviously a Warhammer 40,000 game based on the Death Watch, which if you're not familiar, although I'm sure everyone listening to this probably is. Um, the... <laughs> Imagine if there's one person listening to us who goes, what the fuck is 40k? Yeah. Uh, the Death Watch are a, a faction within... Um, it's the... Ooh... I forget which which order it is. It's the Ordo Xenos um, mm-hmm. of the Inquisition, where they get together. Um, they get Marines of various different chapters to form these super elite squads. It's so, really cool. So it's basically, uh, and they they paint their armor black. They have one of their uh, their um, chapter insignia to swap to the other shoulder pad, and where their chapter insignia would be, they've got this big silver Inquisition yeah, like engraved thing. Left on arm. arm that's all like fancy. Yeah, it's um, it's really cool. It's, it's very, like it's great if you want to just get a really ragtag bunch of just every chapters together. It's it's what to do if you can't decide what what chapter you want to collect. <laughs> yeah, collect Death Watch so you can collect all of them. Basically. And they're pretty easy to paint too. Uh, they're also mostly black, so yes, yeah. uh, relatively easy to paint. Uh, so they made a game based on that. It's like a turn based strategy thing, you know, um, grid based movements, mm. um, action points, action point kind of jobby, uh, killing tyranids because they're you know they kill aliens. That's their job. Mm. 
all those Xenos, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now it's a mobile port, and as such, certain elements of it are really badly designed. Like the actual UI for managing your squad is fucking appalling. It's not very good. Is shockingly bad, <laughs> and it does not insert. And sometimes there's loads of little mechanics it really does not communicate to you about, like um, plasma guns overheat after so many shots. Oh. Does not communicate that at all. That's the, probably why we couldn't put that one guy on Overwatch. Yeah, the game just behaves like it's broken oh. when that happens. Uh, it does have a little logo in the corner, but there's no tooltips when you highlight things because it's designed for a touchscreen. Mm. So, yeah. Oh, well. But underneath all that, there is... You see, it's quite expensive as a game. I think it was like 20 quid when it first came out. <laughs> but too it's, much. But it's like um, 11 quid now. I'd still say that's a bit too much. I'd say a fiver, I'd be happy paying. Yeah. So um, maybe if you're interested, wait until it gets on sale. I mean, we got it for like a quid on sale a while back. Yeah, so yeah, wait wait for it on sale. Yeah. Um, Now, the game that we played through for the video, that's sort of the introductory um, chapter of the campaign. Well, it's it's the first like four or five missions, I think it was. Which is like the introductory chapter to the game. Now, the thing that we didn't realise was that the game's kind of quite narrow at that point. Like, you get given a small handful of marines, uh, three of which of the the five you get are ultramarines for some reason. Even though the whole point of Death Watch is you're supposed to have a ton of different chapters and that's the fun. Yeah. They just give you a shit ton of ultramarines and a space wolf and a blood angel. Mm Mm-hmm. Sausage Sanger. Yes, we did name them very silly things in the video. <laughs> yeah, they they had excellent names. Thank you. <laughs> also, I, with editing, I love what you did with Jürgen, the self-aware. I was just like, hey. <laughs> Staring up at us. I loved it. I'm glad you like that. <laughs> so, so you get this, and it's like, it's a perfectly functional, basic, turn-based thing. Sort of like um, XCOM, but nowhere near as in-depth. But with a 40k coat of paint. And that game in and of itself, is interesting. And I'm like, okay, this, this is this is not bad. It's nothing fantastic. Um, it's far from the worst um, Games Workshop um, mobile port, that being Warhammer <clears throat> Arcane Magic, oh. which is fucking terrible. Don't ever play it. Please don't. <laughs> um, not even as a joke. Yeah. Now, the original version of the game had microtransactions in it. This The version on Steam does not, which is one of the reasons it's a bit more expensive than the mobile version. I'll say a bit. I think the one on um, mobile is like two quid. Yeah. But again, it has microtransactions, which can buy packs. Now, in those packs, you can get more specialized marines. So, like, we, the first one we got was a Blood Angel Apothecary or a Sanguinary Priest, as they're actually called. And you can get more elaborate ones, like you can get, I think you can get rune priests, and you can get um, tyrannic war veterans, like mm. for the ultramarines. Yeah. And the enhanced version comes with like five more chapters, because oh, in the base... Templars in there? Yeah, because and... in the base game there are a Blood Angels, Space Wolves, and um, ultramarines, but in the enhanced edition there is Black Templars, Dark Angels, Imperial Fists, and Silver Skulls, I think there's one more. The Kalimanog. Yeah, Kalimanog. Yeah, Kalimanog. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Um, there's the, the more enhanced, you know, so there's more stuff added with the enhanced edition. But this this base version, like we play through the basic version of the campaign, it's like okay, that's interesting. I I, I, I mean, quite like, like as, it. As like from what we played, I'm sitting there going, that's a, it's the UI is a bit fucky, but the game in itself is perfectly yeah. functional. Feels like a good way to waste ten minutes if I fancy it. Yeah. Now, once you play past to the exact point we stopped <laughs> for the video. Like, literally, we stopped at the point at which the game changes. Where you go into the the campaign proper, 
and you have sort of enough XP to start unlocking traits for characters. Uh, because I think they all have like an inherent trait, but you can unlock extra ones. So like um, Jürgen, the self-aware, because um, <laughs> I play, I played for another hour or so. Um, Oz unlocked the ability to hit multiple people in melee. I'm so proud of him. Um, the um, apothecary characters can heal people. Like you can unlock these sort of abilities, and and this is the thing that really brings it to life. And I imagine there's not that much of this. Like there's only so many lines, but they bring banter between the marines. And it is banter that is chapter specific. Oh. So, and also specific to certain things. So, um, our highest like kill count character is Jürgen. Jürgen is Bay. And the new Blood Angel that we got was complaining at him, saying like, you know, because um, because Jürgen had said, "I have the highest kill count. Let me take this one down." And so the Blood Angel's like, "No, that your logic is very flawed." At which point, Jürgen just turns around and goes, that sounds like the talk of a loser. <laughs> it's such a space wolf thing to say. I'm surprised he didn't just like start going, like punching himself in the face, going, stop hitting yourself. Um, and uh, one of the other Blood Angel, I, um, Sausage Sandwich, uh, so ah. he was asking uh, one of the Ultramarines. What's it like to be in the most boring chapter? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he asked him what's it, what, like, he, he was a, um, he fought in the, uh, the battle for McCrag against... The um, Leviathan against I think it was High Fleet Leviathan, and mm. saying so, what is it like to be fighting them once again? And the Ultramarines like, yes, it is great to be- to face against this foe again. You know, I, like, I love that so much. That's it's like so good little references to lore that, though not like super in depth, like hard, like no one knows this like obscure lore or anything. It's just slightly more acknowledgement of lore than most of these. This era of forty k game actually does. Mm. I'd say, like, just that alone makes me really warm up to it. Yeah, like, because the- like, wow, like you have marines. And I'm not to say behaving like people, but they're behaving like they exist. That they're, they're having conversations. They're with showing each other. the brotherhood that is they're very showing common. the brotherhood yeah. between Astartes, and I'm like. I really like seeing that. That yeah. is so good. So I hear that the actual gameplay gets very samey very quickly. Well, so after yeah. a few hours of play, you'll even though like there's elements of the game that are good, you'll have kind of seen everything the game has to offer because the missions are pretty much just like the same four enemies over and over again in different maps, and that's about it. But. For a couple, if you can pick it up for a couple of quid, um, for those first few hours just kind of playing with it, I think it's actually way better than it has any right to be. I do quite like it. <laughs> oh my god, I've just realised this is a podcast where you like you've liked like three things. Oh, I know that feels uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, I don't like that. Have I actually? No, it's it's four things. I've, I was even quite complimentary of Star Trek Discovery. <sighs> I don't like it. I need to check your mouth. <laughs> I need to some. I need to check you to see if you're not a thing. If I'm the thing, yeah. Or I need to, some I need kind to remove some blood. <laughs> uh, so, um, on the note that I might actually have been replaced by a much more hopeful um, reptilian version of myself, <laughs> uh, I think it's time to move on to uh, our reoccurring segment of the emails. Yeah, it's emails. time for the emails with. Drama Matt reading the emails, and that email is 
only drama mat at snipe and wib at gmail.com. Send us an email if you want us to read it, or more specifically, if you want drama mat to read your email. <laughs> you need to work on the jingle. I, I panicked. I noticed. I panicked. Drama mat! Yeah. <laughs> email! We have had some emails, it surprises me every time. Yay! Every time I check them the day before we record. I, I love, thank you guys. Keep sending us emails in. I like it. And I can come up with a better theme tune. Although I think I'm going to say, I think that's, I think that's, this is the time limit for getting the picture. I think if you wanted the picture, that now is the time. And now it's too late. Okay. You guys have two weeks well, no, to uh, get that, may, get that one yeah, picture. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Well, I was going to say stop now, but I guess you I can't suppose. just cut people off. You like can't, that, you, you got to give them, you got to give them yeah. some time. So okay. two weeks from today, you, you, within that two weeks, if you want to see this, the most powerfully erotic image of Drummer Matt, you need to email <laughs> us at onlydrummermat at snipeandwib at gmail.com. That's, that's the email for the sexy <laughs> picture of Drummer Matt. The email we chose and then have to live with. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm regretting it every fucking podcast. <laughs> so what have people been um, saying, Matthew? I mean, obviously there was the, the standard horde of drummer Matt is the best. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. People sending pictures of their underwear to you. Yeah, yeah, the st- standard, standard stuff. Yeah. I, guess, yeah, yeah. I guess first up we have um, two emails from various Inquisitors. Um, oh, I love these ones. <laughs> we have Inquisitor Leon Andrews, um, who's, who we spoke to before. He was the one who was questioning our use of um, protonids in the chapter and then subsequently approved them after I sent them a, a reassuring photo proving our, yes. our, mm-hmm. our worth and whatnot. Um, yes. Turns out, after approving our use of them, um, he actually got forced... He's disproved to... it. No, no, he, it's got, not suitable for he, he got accused of heresy himself by fellow Inquisitors um, and he had, oh. to, he had to flee. So now he's w- wondering if he's... Well, he's looking, he's searching the gallery for um, the glorious homeworld of Oh My Goodness. Oh yeah. So he's wondering so whether, whether he can join join us here. He can help out with various bits and bobs. He's highly highly. We have been looking for a janitor. Highly so, trained uh, in being an asshole, apparently. So, uh, oh, dude, there's all of us are. Sorry, we're so, going to need more than that. <laughs> of course, he is welcome on our glorious I mean, homeworld. That yeah. is a a home for waifs and strays. I mean, like my my Fenrisian wolf petting zoo does need mucking out, so you, we can stick you in there for a while. <laughs> they are very big; they do bite. We are always looking for people to staff the Adeptus Janitorum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, sounds, we are really ripping on this podcast. <laughs> Come help muck love, out. No, muck I just out, genuinely uh, like the idea of someone who is an Inquisitor, like the highest of the high, respons- <laughs> uh, like responsible to the Emperor and the Emperor alone. I am of the Ordo Janitorium. <laughs> has been brought down to the point that they have to muck out the Fenrisian wolves. Well, yeah, I mean, they do eat a lot of meat, so it's not going to be very good. Um, but, like... Th- like so uh, Bill Gates going to work at a petting zoo. Some of the meat being previous janitors. I guess we could probably <laughs> some of it. That's horrible. <laughs> Next question. Um, related to to this uh, further chapter news, um, chapter master belts are us, Agmemnon. Belts are us. Belts are us. Yes, I feel okay. like he's a chapter yeah. chapter master of Iwe Arch Archduke. Blah blah blah. He's got a long title. It's, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, blah blah blah. <laughs> um, this is following up from um, the um, degrees of Codex compliancy. Um, oh, okay. Where mm-hmm. y- you, Wiblet, were fairly... You could either be compliant or non-compliant. Um, That's t- an awfully binary turns, turns out you're wrong. <laughs> um, 
looking back through the um, libraries, they found a um, a book in their um, ancient libraries called the Codex Space Marines Fourth Edition, something like that. <laughs> that sounds that sounds like um, truly an ancient and wondrous tome. I'm sure very it is. precious I'm sure to the Imperium is. of Man. And it proved rib wrong. So I mean, I, I assume it's going along the lines of that. It is possible to be codex compliant, except for this thing that they do and that thing that they do. Kind of. There's mm-hmm. there's three degrees of divergence from codex, so you can be compliant, or you can be you can have minor divergence, notable divergence, or significant divergence. Would you say we have notable or significant? <laughs> uh, probably significant. You see, I'd say significant because I literally have a fucking Fenrisian petting zoo. You see, whilst I, I, I will, con- <laughs> I, I will concede that totally there is uh, there, there is the whole thing of that some chapters are compliant to some degree, but not. Um, I would say that's more of a uh, an issue of how you define things. Whereas when I'm talking about something being compliant or not. To me, something that it, that has any break from the codex is therefore not codex compliant. Okay, this has become a bit of a well actually fight, and I'm really bored. So can uh, we just yeah. move no, on? no, no, no. I'm just, I, I'm just saying they are right, but I think, but this is down to how, uh, like, and I am aware of this. <laughs> just, just, I personally define it as you're either compliant or you're not. But you can have something that's not compliant, but still adheres to the codex in most ways. It's just as soon as they differ from it, then I consider them not codex compliant. Okay. You know what I mean? We are... Like, the Blood, Angel- the Blood Angels are mostly codex compliant, but not as at the same time, so I don't really consider them. Okay, well, we are significantly <laughs> deviant. Wait, yeah. What is it? We have significant deviation, <laughs> I would say. Because, again, we're always stealing shit from the space walls as well. Appro- well like, Luke is always hanging out. <laughs> and approved, yeah. It's approved yeah, significant di- divergence, I think. <laughs> yes. It's fine. It's fine. We we still think the Emperor has got, like, the nicest butt in the galaxy, so... Yeah. I mean, that's that's what matters. And the biggest space dick, obviously. Well, yeah. obviously. It's, it's like a banana boat. Fucking <laughs> hell. <laughs> you bring it out in the summer and ride it all over the lake. <laughs> Can we just move on and say that... <laughs> That person was right, and that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Um, <laughs> Talk about the banana dinghy. Let's not. Okay. <laughs> and then, as, seemed, as as last week, there seems to be the most popular questions about D anD. d Okay. So, oh yeah. There's a couple. So first, we've got uh, Chris Wharton. Um, okay. He came to the gig. He said it was awesome. Apart from oh. the drummer being a bit ropey due to having no sticks and being in his pants. Which I mean, I think those two are, are the defining features of drummers, to be honest. But you, but the thing is, dude, you like ropey is in like you you were cranky. No, I think ropey is in dodgy. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you are very dodgy. You look like you're about to sell like a toddler crack or something. But that's just how drummers are. Um, Second only to bassists. But the question, or rather the statement, which I assume implies a question. Um, so he says he's loved to play D anD D, but he's the only nerdy one of his friends. So I assume the question to that is, how would he get into it if he doesn't have, you know, the obvious... Like, I had... I was like, I fancy playing D&D. Oh, I have obvious people to play D&D with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if anyone's I, met I, you guys. <laughs> I I think the the thing is that we're, we're approaching a point at which anyone can kind of play D&D. Like we're this, approaching a good point yes. where it's quite accessible. Like, I know there's a handful of, like, friends and family members I know who are not even remotely into, like, kind of nerdy geek culture, but they play D&D. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm going to steal a quote from Matt Colville and say, 
Don't ask your friends to play D&D. Make them play D&D. <laughs> Show up and you're just playing D&D. Yeah, so I mean, like, that, here's that your was... Here's character sheet. That was exactly my first tip, basically. Uh, yeah. Don't don't threaten them with a knife, though. Um, that doesn't help. Unless they no. like it, in which case, maybe. Yeah, it depends, yeah, how, depends how seriously role-playing you want to get. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. Like, they might... Everyone feels really stupid the first time they start role-playing. Everyone feels really cringy. Yeah. And so just kind of, like, have a bit of fun with it. It's gonna... It's Your first few sessions aren't gonna be fantastic, like epics it's gonna be everyone kind of giggling and like well i want to i want to put my finger in in the dwarf and guardsman's mouth and call him daddy it's gonna I, be weird like that you haven't I, stopped I doing think... that yet so <laughs> fucking throw me under the bus and he he said he liked that i think in a way it's kind of useful to have at least one game where people are sort of allowed to do things like i'm going to call my half orc scrot <laughs> to be fair, I would let that happen, and then everywhere he went, people would laugh at him and just lock well, him yeah. outside the inn. <laughs> but but to have kind of but to to have that sort of game to get the 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 like the jokes sillies out, out. To get the sillies yeah. out. Yeah, like have, have like have a preliminary kind of separated game just to see how everyone feels. Like someone might not like the character or class mm. they've picked. They they you know people don't know what they're going to like. They might be more RP balanced or, mm. or like more geared towards RP or they might be a bit more kind of like, I like the mechanics of it more. Like you just don't know. So like have like, have a preliminary session where you, you can fuck about a, a good bit and yeah, get, get I, the sillies out with I, all the, the groping NPCs or fucking whatever it is. And no pressure. People are allowed to be silly. Yeah. Like, so it's not, it's not that, you know, a D&D game can't be silly because you've heard about the bullshit we get up to. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> and I never put my finger in a guardsman's mouth. Yet. Drama Matt is making that up and that's not a yet <laughs> thing. It's not a thing that's going to happen. Now Drama Matt's going to do everything in his power to make it so that there will be a situation where Nathan thinks that's the only way out. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that... Look at that DM fucking laugh. If your DM laughs How like that, run. That? Run. <laughs> Don't think. No, stop this, Matt. Oh my god! I just want to point out the fact that you're saying this is making it so that now he's going to be thinking about this. I he, know. He I know. wasn't. He wasn't going to. Make he already this got me over a barrel last fucking session. Like really fucking like spanking my ass over his knee. It was horrible. It was Someone just... hasn't listened to the, the couple of podcasts ago. They're going to have no idea what you're talking about and think that our D and D game is fucking wild. It's it's not that wild. It's fine. We've been playing from the book of erotic fantasy. Oh, <laughs> nymphology. Oh, please don't Come make on, that noise after that. he says that. <laughs> mm, I'm going to have to sit on my hands. Ooh. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I think the conclusion there is just tell your friends you're playing. Yeah, that's, yeah, but, just, yeah. I did reply. Show up and you're like, we're playing D&D and then just fucking play it because yeah. I think a lot of people are like, oh, it's going to be really hard. I'm going to have to memorize about eight different fucking billion stats. And it's not like that anymore. And hey, as a, as a player, you don't have to remember anything, really. You just, yeah, you you just say what you want anything. to do, and you're like, "Oh, can I try and do yeah. this?" And then it's up to the DM yeah. to deal with that shit. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, yeah. you can even do sort of proto D and D where you don't really even involve um, the stats and things, where you can you basically just act it out in mm. a very vague ma- in a very vague manner. You just get people to make their characters, and then the DM can sort of just do the rolling just vaguely. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Do what you're comfortable with. The The beauty of D&D is that you can house rule fucking everything if you want. You can do whatever you like. 
So, you know, do do what you're comfortable with and just show up at your, par- uh, your parents. Show up at your mate's house and be like, we're playing D&D, motherfuckers. And then just playing D&D with them. Yeah. And, and hopefully, like... Because I, I, like, a good chunk of them will be like, this is really weird. I haven't played anything like this. Let's play some more. And there might be one or two who are just like... Eh. And if your friends don't want to play D&D, get new friends. Yeah. Because they're bad <laughs> friends. <laughs> that, is pro- that is sort of the second point I made. I was... <laughs> The second point I made is so either just say to your mates, okay, we're going to give this a go, I'll run it all, and then create characters for them, and you'll have to take charge of being the DM. But that's, mm-hmm. that's yeah. fine. Yeah. But if yeah, you can't, absolutely. even if you try that and people don't like it, like, there's very... Find it, new friends. Well, there, but there's like, if you're, if you're, if you're where you live has a, um, ga- like a game, board game cafe or a gaming shop or yeah. anything like that, I mean, there's, there's one in Derby, which isn't a big city, and there's, play, they do, a, I think it's on Thursday night, like, just a, you can just rock up and there's a DM there and you can just play a session with them. Really? Is that the one opposite that t- tattoo parlor you went to? It is, yes. Because every time I walk past her, I'm like, oh, I really want to go in. Yeah, they do a, I think it's, I can't remember, it's one night a week. They even do like d- like D&D group finding, like blind dating. It, not quite, but like <laughs> oh, wow. they just did a night where it's like just everyone rocks up and you can just chat to people and find a group. Like they do those fairly often and things like, like that. Like you mean kind of like D and D mixes kind of. Yeah, thing. exactly. That, that's a fantastic idea. So, so you yeah. can just go and chat to some people. Anyone you click with, you can be like, okay, well, let's have a session. Yeah, so, absolutely. I mean, I assume there's similar things like that in other towns. And around. yeah, I would definitely say so. And if and if not, the third bit of advice I, I gave was that you know we play via Roll Twenty. Mm-hmm. You can choose to make your game public if you want. You and, can, ad, I mean, and then there's there like will be... advertising boards that you can go on to where people say, oh, I'm looking for a player or I'm looking for a DM or I'm looking for a group or things Yeah, like that. I mean, it's... I don't know how like that would work because like immediately I'm kind of like, oh, I don't want to play with like some random stranger yeah, on the internet. Yeah, 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 of course. But this but... is the thing, you know, if you don't gel, you don't gel. And if it fucks, then it's just another funny or cautionary tale for the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So get out, make your friends play D anD. d I mean, that's the best option because most people would probably enjoy it if they try it. They just yeah, it's just as long as you, you you just have to run a game like they'd want to. Like people have different preferences, like you said, and people mm. who want to role play it. Some people will be say, "Oh, my character is going to do this," and some people will say, "Oh, I am doing this because this is me." And you know, you don't you can it, it both work depending mm. on how how much. Although you Although I do to... feel personally attacked right now. <laughs> But no. And best of luck with finding a gaming group. Yes, hope it all or goes force, well. Yeah, good luck. Get, getting a gaming group together. With um, following on from that, it's quite closely related question from um, Damon. And just to clarify, that's D-A-M-O-N, not the not demon with an A and mispronounced Damon. Because I saw that <laughs> See, on... I was just that, you just pronounced that demon. I was yeah. just thinking it yeah, was yeah, the of captain of a Ferengi starship. So, <laughs> oh. so I, just, I saw that on... I can't even remember what it was on. It was on some YouTube video and they pronounced demon Damon. I was like, oh, yeah, I've why seen that. are like, you the worst? So I'm going to get my chaos demons and I'm like, fucking no. what, mate? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, what? This is actual anyway. Damon. Um, said that yes. uh, we sound good at RPing. We being, I guess, you Aww. guys. And do we do anything, or I guess do you do anything to practice beyond just doing it, I guess? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Um... Well, no, I, I wouldn't say I practice. I just role play a good bit. Yeah, like, you do um, it a lot. I what? Sorry, you do it quite a lot. I think, from the sounds of it, I mm, that's not, <laughs> not a as often as I'd like. No, no, no. I, I I'd like to do it more, but then again, I honestly, if I if I could play D anD D every other day, I would happily do that. Yeah. Um. If if time if if time wasn't an issue, I'd happily do it at least every once a week. Oh, I I would love doing it once a week. That would be amazing. Yeah. But no, um, like. 
with my with my role playing, um, like the reason Nathan is so fleshed out as he is because he's like a two year old character. I've been running on Warcraft role play servers and just kind of fleshing him out since there, mm. and it's that does kind of really kick your ass into gear for role playing. Um, so and plus, I think it helps that I really enjoy it too. <laughs> I think it probably also helps that as people we hate ourselves and <laughs> want to be other people. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> wow. Actually, yes, that also helps a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm laughing through the pain. I'm laughing through the tears. But no, no, yeah, it's uh. I guess you could call that practice. I just, I do it a lot more often than you guys, because I'm a fucking nerd. And honestly, I think it's just one of those things of that it can be a little, uh, like anything, it can be a little awkward and weird at first, but as you go on, you get more used to, your character kind of fleshes themselves out in you your mind. You start realising your char- how your character differs from you as a person. Yeah. Um, my favourite thing to do for character development is the lie game. It's, it's it's I can't remember mm. where I picked it up, but it's say like I'm talking to Wib about his character Johnny, and I go, hmm, I would if in a bar and I didn't have any money to pay with, I would punch someone in the face and run, and then you go, no, they wouldn't do that because, and then it helps you kind of discover a little bit more about yeah. your character. Someone can you know someone asks you questions about your character and mm. or someone makes deliberate false assumptions about yeah. your character, so you correct them and you go, no, that wouldn't work, and then you go, why wouldn't that work? Yeah, mm-hmm. and okay. you kind of flesh it out. That's that's how I do it in my in my head. There's mm. there's a um there's like a writer's resource online that does that, um where it's like, you name five things about your character, you name three bizarre traits they have. Uh, the examples given I think are like only bathes on weekends, uh like <laughs> won't throw out bottle caps and stuff like that. And then there's like five lies about your character. Mm. And like the li- I think the lies really do help because it again it, it kind of kicks into gear. It's like, oh, like Nathan is afraid of cats. It's like, well, no, he's not afraid of cats. And then you go, what is he afraid of? You, well, he's ex. Okay, and it it helps yeah. you kind of pinpoint certain parts of your character. You start to establish um, yeah. what what he actually, well, what your character actually is like by yeah. finding out what they're not like. Yeah, exactly. So it's as weirdly backward as that sounds, I find that incredibly helpful. And yeah, you've just got to keep in mind, or at least this is the way I do it anyway, where you're in a situation and you sit there and go, you can, because if you don't know what your character would do, you could go, okay, he'll do what I want to do. And you go, no, he wouldn't do that because of he knows this or he's done this or this person he once knew. So they act a certain way. Yeah. And it it's, it's a lot of, it's like, almost like writing one-fifth of a book. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't know where it's going to go, but you know exactly what your character is going to do. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. It's, and, like, don't always focus on winning or having the most heroic or big dick option. Just go with what your character would do. Or unless it's, like, being the biggest heroic big dick guy is what your character would do, in which case, go fucking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Now I just want to. I just want to role play again. Now, damn it! <laughs> Personally, if I was to have uh, a character that thought they were a big dick hero, I would intentionally make them the shittest character. You mean like Nathan? <laughs> <laughs> Kinda. He's not that bad. Well, he's just. He just. He always thinks he's a little bit better than he actually is, yeah. and he that falls away the moment he gets hit by a fucking goblin. He's like, "Oh, I fucked up." Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> 
which if you're down, you get down some a few great hit points stories. and you're just limping along being like oh oh I well, oh I nearly died oh oh someone yeah, carry me <laughs> okay that's Nathan in a nutshell <laughs> <laughs> he's I've got the biggest stick in the world some like a mosquito lands on his balls oh oh what a world what my a dick world. is slain my dick is slain I mean to be fair that would be very uncomfortable it would yeah. I can imagine but Nathan's a drama queen. So, so to, um, moving on from the subject of Nathan's balls. <laughs> we always, the, the past like four sessions of D&D, we've started talking about Nathan's dick. Yes. Do you remember the one where like we're about to get into that room and like like Ash and Talos started talking about how his dick was hey, so big and just sling it over his shoulder? We've just basically yes. gone, moving on from his balls, let's talk about his dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I think can it was implied. From... <laughs> okay, can we just yeah. move on from Nathan's genitals? I mean, okay, okay, guys, I know this is what you're here for. You don't give a shit about video games. You want to hear about my character and his weird genitals? <laughs> like, comment, subscribe for more Nathan's Balls. Questions. <laughs> Questions, yeah. Next question. Thank you for that question. It was fun. Um, that's, actually, that's actually it for now. There's a couple more sort of in the fire, but I'll mention those next time because I'm asking them follow-up questions anyway. Because all these emails okay. I have been replying to before we talk about them as well. So. Yeah. Okay. There's a couple of back and forths that I'll, put, I'll probably be a question that i can ask next time but oh, for now okay. for now we're done hmm. okay excellent but no like and we we haven't played D when we were going to because of some family emergencies yeah hopefully so, we're playing not this weekend but the weekend after so that'll be before yeah, so hopefully we'll session. have some more amazing tales for you next time yes hopefully yes and keep sending your questions in because they're a lot of fun yes definitely and, you know, this is your last chance to get that violently seductive picture of drummer Matt. <laughs> so you've got it. You've been wondering, oh, yeah, I'll message in next week. No, you've got to do it now. I will say violently seductive is a good word. I do feel like I was assaulted when I looked at it. <laughs> Fucking Christ, man. Well, you didn't ask to receive it, whereas all these guys at least asked to receive oh, it. Oh, okay. Can we just move on from that? Wow. <laughs> Yeah, okay. This has been the last ever episode of the Misandra Pop. Thank you very much for joining us. Okay. I'm going to pretend that that didn't happen. Thank you, everyone, to sent in questions, and thank you for listening. I've been Snipe, and this has been Wib, and there's been Drubber Matt, and please join us for our bi-weekly podcast in two weeks, where we'll talk about anything else apart from what I'm trying to fucking segue from. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.